0: Waymakers, I'm Noelle and I'm here with Erica and we are excited to bring you episode number three of our Waymaker Coaching Podcast. Uh, we are your partner in business, leadership and life coaching. So today we decided to do something a little bit different. Uh, it's something that we do in coaching a lot and it's, it's provoking thoughts and we like to provoke thoughts in our clients uh, and it's helpful in a lot of ways and we'll get to that in a minute. First, Erica, do you have the definition of thought-provoking? I do.
1: So thought-provoking is stimulating careful consideration or attention. Um, so a, a provoking thought causes
0: someone to think seriously about something. Yeah, so we're going to play a game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are what go- we like to do.
0: <laughs> no, that's what I like to do. Uh, we are going to play a game-ish, and we are going to take turns – sharing a provoking thought with each one of us, and then we're going to share our thoughts about the provoking thought. It's a
1: lot of thoughts. We're thinking. We're jumping into these thoughts. (laughs) I love it.
0: Okay, so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: Um, I'll give you a thought, a thought-provoking thought to start. Okay. Okay. Hit me with it. All right, so if I solve a problem for someone, I own the action and the results. If they solve it, they own it.
0: Uh, that is good. And that's something that we actually, as coaches, like it is our job to empower our people to go out and solve the problem for them. So one of the ways that we do that best is when we are asking really, really solid questions about whatever the situation is. I may know the answer, but if I give you the answer, one, I've done the work for you. You could not repeat that again if you wanted to. Two, I've done the the thinking for you i've done I've done everything from A to B for you. I've not required you to do any kind of um, high level thinking or using critical thinking skills. So again, where are you going to come the next time that problem happens? Back to you back to me. and so then, if I do that for one person and then I do it for a second and a third and a fourth, what i've what I've done is I've completely overwhelmed myself. I've not empowered anybody else to be able to grow or do anything better, and in addition to that, I've created probably some codependency, Mm -hmm. which is super unhealthy, and it doesn't benefit anybody at the end of the day, and then you start getting bitter and resentful and all the things, because why can't you do that yourself? You already asked me that question. So as coaches, I think it's important that we are, when people come to us with a problem, instead of us solving the problem, fixing the problem, doing it for them, it is imperative and probably the single most important thing I would say that we do is to put that problem back on them and walk alongside of them as they solve
1: the problem. Absolutely. Otherwise, you're really enabling them to continue to come back to you for solutions right. instead of teaching them how to think, teaching them how to take true ownership
0: and move forward. Yeah, and that's, that's a priceless skill. For them to have agreed my turn it's your turn (laughs) (laughs) now i have to make you think okay oh this one's good uh people will take a stand for their limitations as a coach you take a stand for their greatness
1: yeah so good so i think um it is so easy to come up with excuses and Mm. reasons why we can't do something we don't want to do something yeah Um, why we don't have time to do something. And I think a lot of times um, we hear that, right, from our coaching clients and just from people, our kids, right, people in our life. And as a coach, as a leader, we have to take a stand for people, meaning we have to interrogate the objection, interrogate what they're saying is in the way so we can help them get unstuck and move forward. And so um, I think taking a stand for their greatness really just means knowing what their potential is knowing that they're better than that excuse, knowing that they, you know, have all the potential in the world and yet they're letting themselves stay stuck. So you're taking a stand for what you know is possible and and potential in that person um, and helping them
0: move the obstacles out of the way. Yeah. Like in another way, I think that you could say that is you you allow somebody else to borrow your belief in them yes. until they have belief in themselves. Yes. Do you remember that conversation? I that do. <laughs> you remember
1: a conversation? I so remember it.
0: <laughs> I remember that conversation. I think I've thanked you every single time that we've taken uh, that class together bold when we've taken bold together every single time that we've taken it I think I call you every single time yes and say thank you for letting me borrow your belief in me while I try to figure out my life yeah a lot
1: of times people see things in us that we don't see in ourselves and we can help you know uncover that by you know letting them borrow our belief just yeah. for a little bit until they start to have the belief and gain the confidence yeah. and um, feel it and see it and um, it all comes to fruition once they believe it so yeah, yeah. no
0: i love that so much Definitely. all right hit me with it all right you ready? put me on the spot i guess okay
1: you cannot give what you do not have and you can't see what
0: you don't already possess Ooh, that is that is deep yeah that is super deep. So uh, can I just use like an, an example? Of course. So I I feel like I see this a lot in, well, I saw this a lot in my parenting. And I, you know, a lot of the times like the, the kids would expect something from me, um, at whatever it is, like expect me to have the right answer or know the decision that they should make or... Um, be their their support their encouragement and you can support and you can encourage but when I say be it like be their intrinsic Mm -hmm. belief in themselves essentially is what they kind of expected at times Um, and that kind of plays into the whole you know you have to I have to instill that in them right and they have to grow into their, their own beliefs but like I feel sometimes like people go to other people looking for something that that other person just does not have to give. But we as people, because we desire to fix things Mm -hmm. or we desire to, like, we get this, this maybe it's like hero syndrome or something like that, but like we get this, like, I don't know, this ego boost if we are, helping somebody else or if we fix somebody else's problem. And so they'll come to us, ask for it and we will do our absolute best to provide it. And all we're doing is failing that person and draining ourselves. Mm. And so it's super important that you are very aware of what is inside of you. What are your giftings? What, what are your strengths? What are you, what are yeah, what's your superpower? What are you really passionate about? And, Bring that to people. But if it's outside of your wheelhouse or if it's not your superpower, operating outside of your superpower to help somebody else is almost a bigger disservice than just not trying at all. Sure. And and maybe providing that resource. Sure. But yeah, you absolutely, uh, you cannot give what you do not possess. And I love that um, it says that you cannot see what you don't already possess. If you can't envision it, it's not yours to see. Mm-hmm. If you can't picture it, if you can't feel it, if you can't recognize it, it is not yours. Lay that burden down. Put it down. It's not yours to carry. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, so good. All right. Let me get you one. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good one because you dealt with this with me. Um, Chaos uncovers underlying patterns quickly. Chaos what do you think about that? covers underlying patterns quickly.
1: That's good. So, what I think about that is, um, I think any situation, whether it's business, it's personal, it's life, um, chaos will show up, right? And there will be times where there is no chaos and everything is smooth sailing, and, and we I enjoy hear, those times. Yes, <laughs> enjoy them for the short moments that they last, right? Um, however, um, you have to embrace the chaos because. Chaos will show up and you have to embrace it in order to push through it, right? Yeah. Um, but what I think it un- uncovers is um, holes and opportunities to delegate and leverage. and um, Or you might need a better system, right, for something like that. Yeah. But I think embracing it, because anytime you grow and anytime you scale, mm-hmm. um, chaos will show up. And so embracing it to be able to move through it, but also... Um, Once you kind of get to that peak of chaos, looking at what's broken, you know, this is not working, that is not working. Um, We need a better system for this. And implementing in the midst of chaos, which can make it feel even more messy, right? Um, And yet once you get through it, you grew. You grew. Yeah. You grew internally. Your maybe your business grew. Maybe maybe your family's at a better spot. Yeah. Maybe a relationship is at a better spot. Um, just because you embrace that chaos and push through it. So, but I do think it uncovers a lot, um, and I think it also um, makes you
0: stronger. Yeah, makes you better. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we're not video recording this because. Otherwise, people would see me roll my eyes at you. Now they know that. So y'all need to understand that sometimes Erica likes to slip things in there with me and and coach me up on the spot. (laughs) She's very good at uncovering underlying patterns. We'll just leave it at that. We will. We'll just just put a pen right there. (laughs) Okay,
1: my turn. All right. So here we go. Let's see. This is a good one. Interrupting the failure cycle and getting on the success cycle finds just one success
0: yeah no that is that is the key like once you have that first taste of success everything changes uh, your mindset changes and I'm gonna bring up a real estate example um, because it it happens so often uh, you know eighty percent of real estate agents leave the industry after two years you knew that right yes yes eighty percent. Here's the reason. Because if they don't taste success fairly quickly, what happens is those, those thoughts, those, the imposter syndrome, right? Where they, they're told that, they tell themselves that they're not good at this, they'll never succeed, nobody wants to buy or sell a house with them, they don't know enough, they can't help enough, they can't, what, all those thoughts come in. And so when you haven't seen that success, You take on the identity of being a failure. And to overcome that, the only way that you can overcome that is to have a success. I do not mean you must sell a house. Sure. I do not mean you must help somebody buy a house. All I mean is that you need to feel successful in something. That could be, I got my time block figured out. And I've put all of that together. And now I'm ready to uh, do my lead gen time and do my follow-up time. And I've got a specific schedule that makes me feel a little bit more structured. And I feel like I'm doing something. I feel like these actions are leading to something. That could be the success. Mm -hmm. The other success could be I took a class on 1031 exchange and now I know something. Sure. You know, and just even gaining that knowledge or gaining that clarity or you know, gaining that experience, it all will help build those those successful experiences and kill the failure monster. So not just waiting to get to the big result necessarily,
1: right. but celebrating the small wins along the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit hypocritical there because I'm not very good at that. Well, I think it's a growth opportunity for all of us because we have some big goal in mind or some big thing we're looking to, you know, do. And if we don't pause in the moment to say, hey, you know what? I made my bed today. I killed my morning routine. I set three appointments today, whatever it is. Yeah. Those little things keep you going because it's time on task over time to get to a bigger result. But that's not fun. I mean, little habits can be kind of boring and They're tedious, repetitive, yeah. and not always fun.
0: And so, if you and not know, always rewarding. Yeah, like you overlook it because it's it's mundane. Yes, it's just part of the day, and so it doesn't always feel rewarding. You have to actually be very intentional to celebrate those small wins. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the gradually then
1: suddenly effect, Mm -hmm. right? It's like gradually over time, you're doing this and you're doing that. And then suddenly the results show up. And yet if you're only looking at how far you have to
0: go, Mm -hmm. um, you'll, you'll feel defeated for sure. Yeah, no, that's so good. So good. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this one, or I'm going to share this one. Because I feel like this, you are the epitome of this. Uncomfortably so. <laughs> oh, I'm slightly yes. nervous. <laughs> Good. Bring it on. No. <laughs> Go scuba diving, mm. not water skiing, to gain perspective on the entire picture. Yes. At least three questions Deep. Yes. What does that mean?
1: So, what that means is you have to not only ask deeper questions, ask better questions to get better answers, but you have to listen for what's not being said. Um, A lot of you can ask all the questions all day long, but if you're not listening for what they're not telling you, um, which sometimes just gives you the next question mm-hmm. um, you may not really be getting to the root of an issue
0: yeah
1: um, because people like to feel comfortable they like to just kind of um, you know water ski right yeah. like oh yeah everything's great you know I'm having a great day on the Family surface. life is great very surface level um, and yet what is really happening because they're behind on goal or their marriage is failing or there's something happening in their mm-hmm. business or their life that they're not really letting you into. Yeah. So there's a couple parts of that. One is having a, a relationship so you can feel comfortable asking people those deeper questions. But you've got to dive deep and you've got to listen for what they're not saying to you um, to really get to the root of it um, to help them move forward. Yeah. So um, three questions deep is, you know, hey, Noelle, you told me that You know this was that you you didn't you didn't go on three listing appointments this week right and that is the activity that you need to focus on to get you to your closing goal for the month or for the year right right? well what got in the way of that you know oh i just didn't have time Okay, well, tell me more about that. Yeah. You know, you didn't have time. Well, what filled your time? Because we all still had 24 hours in a day. So help me understand, right? Yeah. And then maybe there's something bigger going on in your life that I might not get to if I just mm-hmm. accepted the fact that you didn't have time, right? Yeah. So digging deeper, listening for what's not being said, um, and then creating, okay, so we can't go backwards. We can only go forward. So how are we going to help you move forward knowing what yeah. we now
0: know? Yeah, I think that's... That's huge too. And and sometimes it's not it's not the business that's getting in the way. It's a personal issue. Yes. Almost always. Yeah. Almost always. Almost or always. it's it's that imposter syndrome. That's yes. that's stopping that. Mindset is a huge piece of it. Almost always we can
1: we can almost always get in our own way mm-hmm. or talk ourselves out of doing something that's mm-hmm. uncomfortable or not fun or something we don't want to do. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay aren't you ready? Um, Do I have a choice? (laughs) (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Not really. So, okay. So here you go. Don't let anyone else claim who you are meant to be or to write your story for you. You decide and commit and providence moves or God moves. Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: You decide and commit and then God moves. Yeah. No, I, I think that I mean, I personally have dealt with this in the past, right? But I'm sure everybody has. I'm sure, like, even going back to, like, your childhood, like, if your parents tell you you can or cannot do something, like, you are or are not. I'll, I'll give an example. So, Riley, my, my 12-year-old, um, I suck at math. I'm, I'm just going to say that. And one of the things that I've learned from Riley is the fact that she, she, is, she gets her math skills from her mama. Okay. And so she's not, she's not a mathematician. She's not a math extraordinaire. Uh, But this year she has actually put in so much work and so much time and so much energy. She used to barely squeak by and barely pass her math classes. And I would celebrate. Yes. Like you got a 70. Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This year, she has just poured all of her time and energy. And the other day she came home and she's like, you know, mom, she's like, there were only like two 100s in the class. And then I was the next highest grade. And she was so excited. I see her sitting at the table doing her math homework every night. She almost obsesses over it. Mm-hmm. And her her um, math teacher, Mr. Main, is fantastic. And he's really poured a lot of energy into her and he's really focused on her to build up those skills and he's recognized all of her hard work so much so that he, he even like awarded her Colt Champion which is like the student of the month type thing and he like he sits with her and he congratulates her and he recognizes all of her effort and it makes her wanna do more to now where she she goes into her classroom and she's one of the best ones. That's awesome. And so it's just kind of one of those things like you can't ever let anybody tell you that you're not good at math, or you're not a good real estate agent, or you're not a good mom. Sure. I've heard that a million times, or, you know, whatever else, or you can't become XYZ because they don't determine that. You determine that within yourself. Yeah. And she may have to work a little bit harder at it, right? It's not necessarily
1: natural for her, right? but she's not just accepting, hey, you're just not good at math.
0: No, I, I agree. I agree. All right. I have to ask you one. Okay. This is a good one. This is a good one. Of course, it is. (laughs) Leaders desire to know more about the people they're with rather than talking about themselves. What are your thoughts on that? Mm, That's good.
1: So leadership is influence, right? And Mm -hmm. it's about relationships. And it's not a selfish thing. You can't you can't be selfish as a leader. It's about your people, the people that you're leading, the people that you're growing, and that you're pouring into. And so. Um, I think having real relationships Mm -hmm. with the people that you're in business with um, and truly knowing what's important to them, not setting goals for them, figuring out their why, what's where they want to be, how they want to grow
0: and what's important in their world. Yeah. And that I bring a lot of things back to parenting, but I have a lot of kids. And so <laughs> I do a lot of parenting, but, uh, that's this, the same is true when you're parenting. When you're a parent, you are the leader of your household. Yes. When you are in business, you're the leader of your business and the people that are underneath you. But when you're leading even your kids, your goal is not to have them become like you. You're not trying to mold your employees into being a, an exact replica of, of yourself. And, and we said this the other day, I forget who we were talking to, but we said it the other day where we were talking about, um, the fact that when you hire, we tend to want to hire people like us that we get along with. Uh, but what you really need to hire is somebody that's good at what you're bad at mm-hmm. prior and, to your weakness. Yeah. And, and so we don't want to lead and mold and create people that are like us. We need to understand that person. We need to understand what their desires are and what their goals are for their business and grow them to that point. Yeah. And the way you
1: lead and coach someone is different based on that person. Yeah. What their motivators are, what their strengths Mm -hmm. are, what their weaknesses are. And as a leader and a coach, you have to be able to pivot and adjust based on who you're in front of in that moment.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That was a lot. That was. I'm tired. <laughs> you need a nap? <laughs> I might need a nap. That was a lot. All right. Do you have anything else to add? I don't. That was fun. That it was That was very fun. thought-provoking. It was. Looky there. <laughs> Success. How about that? Uh, well, I hope that that made you guys think about some things and that you'll go on to think about these things and what these thoughts really kind of say to you. Uh, and that's all we have for today. So until next time, go make the way. Bye-bye.